Okay, welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week's Daf is Mesecha Sivamos, Daf Nun Hey. And uh, throughout our Daf that we're going to be learning over the course of the next few minutes, we're going to be learning about uh, many of the uh, the discussions and many of the elements of the Isser of Achos Ishto, some of the uh, elements of the Isser of Eishas Ach, uh, and uh, many of the uh, ideas surrounding the concept of Isure Kares and Isure Lavin, um, ultimately concluding with um, the concept of Ha'ara that the Gemara began to describe on Daf Nun Dalid, uh, what that means with regards to Isure Bia uh, and the uh, practical Lamaisa application of the concept of Ha'ara at the bottom of Daf Nun Hey Amud Beis. So the Gemara picks up, and uh, we know that in the previous uh, on the previous Daf on Daf Nun Dalid, the Gemara discusses which Arayis are going to be Aser, and whether the relationships uh, that are going to cause these Isurim are going to be relationships from the father, or from the mother, or from both. And the Gemara goes into uh, discussing how we know, and what the sources are going to be, for particular arayos that we are uh, that we are about to present, so the Gemara quotes a Mishnah from Daf Tzadivav that proves that Achos Ishto is also uh, is also Aser, and it doesn't matter whether or not the relationship is uh, a relationship from the mother. It's a paternal, it's a maternal relationship rather, or it's a paternal relationship. The Gemara says that this relationship is going to be Aser Bein Min Haav O Bein Haim that. Regardless of how you're related to her, uh, that you're going to be uh, that 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 this relationship is going to be a relationship that is the relationship of Arios. When it comes to an aunt, the Gemara says a father's or a one's mother's sister. So that's going to be Usr, Bain Min Ha'av, O Bain Min Ha'im, which is based on a pasuk that appears in Parshas Kedoshim. However, an aunt. Uh, that is a father's brother's wife, again, a father's brother's wife, which is uh, not a blood relationship, is only going to be an Isser uh, of Arayos that's, if it's Min Ha'av, the low Min Ha'im, which is based on another Limud, based on a Gzerishava. The Gemara continues, the Gemara says that when it comes to the Isser of Achos Ishto, that she is going to be Usser Bein Min Ha'av, O Min Ha'im. The Gemara presents a, a, a very lengthy Limud as to how we come to that conclusion. We know from some of the prior daf that the punishment of Isure Arayos um, are... Uh, are uh, are compared to one another that when we uh, God forbid Rahman al-Islan, if one were to violate uh, in Isser Arayos so many of these uh, Isurim have uh, a lot in common certainly in the realm of the punishment the onish that one would uh, that one would receive so the question then becomes why does the Torah have to specify a chi of Kares when it comes to the Isser of Achoso when it comes to the Isser of uh, a person God forbid being with one's sister and why does the Gemara why does the Torah have to repeat this uh, repeat this chi of Kares so the Gemara answers that if a person God forbid mistakenly violated all of the Isure uh, all of the Arayos all of the Isure before remembering the halacha. So a person is going to be required to bring a separate korban for each violation of the punishment. Um, and if, um, and uh, and uh, that's answer number one. And the answer number two that the Gemara presents is that if the punishment is only karis, uh, he cannot be, uh, he cannot receive, rather, uh, he cannot receive malchus. So the Gemara um presents over here why it is that uh why it is that we're going to uh why it is that we're going to need both of these limudim and uh why we need so once again why do we uh why do we need the 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 pasuk to explicitly point out achoso 
that there's a Isser Karis over here. So uh, just to go back, so Rabbi Yochanan says that if somebody does uh, all of these Isurei Arayos, Pehalem Echad, which the Gemara uh, uh, quotes, in one uh, lapse of awareness, so you're going to be chayev for every single, uh, every single, uh, every single action. And Achoso comes to point out that uh, this is the uh, this is the source that you're going to be chayev for every isra arayos that you violate. Or according to Yitzchak, the Gemara says that you might come to think that this isser is only an isser uh, of Malkos kamash malan. That if you are in violation of uh, being with one sister, there is. Uh, there is an Isser, uh, there is an Isser Karis over here. So the Gemara then returns to its conversation about the concept of Ha'ara and wants to know what, uh, uh, from where do we know that the beginning of Bia is going to be Mechai of you in Onesh? That when a person, um, goes through with this process of Ha'ara, again, like, the Gemara is going to describe uh, in just a little bit what this actually means and the haschala uh, of this uh, of this process of bia, the beginning of uh, a husband and wife or a man and woman uh, being together. So um, how do we know that the bia is going to be mechayv you and onish? And the Gemara suggests numerous possibilities for the different uh, onshim, the different punishments that a person can receive for performing ha'ara with uh, with different arayos, with different illicit relationships. Since the Gemara is basically come to the conclusion that Ha'ara is going to be considered to be full-fledged Bia and obviously totally Usr. Sigmar wants to know why the words Shechvas Zera, which imply that there is a uh, there's a um, there's a, uh, a removal of seed from the uh, uh, removal of seed from the man, which is the completion of Bia and. If we know that Ha'ara is uh, is Asr, so why does the Gemara have to specify in three different places that a person is only going to be uh, in violation of the Isser, Shechva Zera, if there is a Shechva Zera, if there is um, a, uh, a, uh, a spilling of seed? So the Gemara says, what are these three cases in which we have this concept of a uh, uh, the, Gemara, the Torah telling us that there needs to be a Shechva Zera, a full-fledged Bias? The Gemara says... Case number one is what we refer to as a shifcha harufa. And the word shifcha zera is used here to teach that for any other chayav lavin, you're going to be chayav for even ha'ara. And shifcha harufa is the example that the Torah wishes to use to teach us that. The second case that has the language of shifcha zera is a case of ashes ish, that you have a married woman here. And this case of shifcha zera comes to exclude the case of a person, again, once again, God forbid, Rachman al-Litzlan, performing Bia with uh, with a dead person. So we might think that since a Misa, since a, uh, a woman who's dead, is still considered to be married regarding permitting a Kohen to be metame to her, so perhaps she would also be considered to be married regarding Yisar Vashasis. So Kamash Malan, the Pasuk says, Shechva Zera, and that excludes a dead woman. If a person were to be with a dead woman, God forbid, so that would be a full-fledged Isser. In the third case that we have is a case that the Torah tells us in Parshas Naso that when a man is with a woman and the woman was warned uh, about being in seclusion with a particular man, so you might have thought that since the Isra Sota is dependent on uh, the Kpeda, the um, whether or not 
the husband actually cares or not. So you would have thought that uh, if the husband doesn't care, then the woman could go ahead and do whatever she wants. So therefore, the Pasuk says, Sheikh Vazera, to teach us that regardless of whether or not the husband uh, cares, it's something that he's what we refer to as makbidon, it's still going to be absolutely full-fledged uh, prohibition, full-fledged iser. The daf then goes on, the daf concludes it's trying to understand the whole concept of ha'ara, again, this initial um, aspect of the, uh, the, 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 the man, excuse me, and woman uh, being together, and what the word means, and presents numerous suggestions for the beginning of the Bia. And uh, the Gemara goes on, and with uh, some illicit um, applications and some illicit details, uh, describes what this concept of Ha'ara actually is. Going back to Daphne and Hayam Aleph, the Gemara asked about why uh, we need a source um, of, uh, of a person going to be chai of karis for the iser of achos. So the Torah tells us, let's say somebody uh, picks up one's sister, the son, the daughter of his father, the daughter of his mother, and he sees the nakedness of his sister. So the Torah tells us that a person is mechayiv kares for the uh, violating the Yisra of Achoso. But we know that we have another Pasuk in Sefer Vayikra which tells us, if a person goes ahead and engages in any of these uh, abominable acts uh, that the Torah describes in the Parsha of Arayos, that the people who um, go ahead and do these uh, abominable actions, so they receive the punishment of Karis. So why do we need this word, Chaf, Rish, tough to appear this concept of karis this punishment of karis to appear with regards to achoso twice in the Torah. So the Gemara answers and says that we need it for a statement that's made by Rabbi Yochanan who said that again like we quoted earlier that if you're in violation of all of the arayos the Gemara calls behelam echad in a lapse of awareness so you'd be chayav al kol achas v'achas for every single uh, transgression whenever we have a bunch of isurim that occur together such as uh, Shabbos so this uh, comment and this language is actually used often in Hilchel Shabbos. If a person doesn't realize it's Shabbos and goes ahead and violates many commandments at once, many melachos at once, so are they going to be chayav many korbanos, uh, many chatos? Korban, korbanos, or they only require to give one for that lapse of judgment. And it's interesting to note that the Gemara uses this language here, Ha'alam Echad. This uh, concept also appears in the world of uh, Isser Veheter and Chilev, uh, fats that a person is not able to eat. Let's say a person eats two or more kazesim of Chilev. They eat two or more measurements of uh, of non-kosher fat that they're not supposed to eat in one Ha'alam with one uh, 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 lapse of awareness, and later he finds out that he sinned. So the Gemara says he only has to bring one korban chatas to uh, to atone for his sin. But if a person sins two different types of sins, he does two different things. Right? He's not only uh, in violation of uh, two isurim on Shabbos, but he eats chilev and he. Um, goes ahead and violates Shabbos. So that person is going to have to give two separate uh, korbanos chatas. But two arayos, the Gemara says, 
uh, are considered to be two different types of sins. They're not repetitions of the same sin, and therefore he would have to give two different korbanos chatas. The Gemara tells us that when ha'ara is done in the context of yibum, so the yivama is in fulfillment of her yibum obligation, and this leads us into a question and discussion of a mitzvah uh, of an opportunity to fulfill a mitzvah in a context that's referred to in halacha as asay doche losasay. And on the Gemara over here, the Aruch Lener points out that once a person is involved in an action that's going to lead to another action, uh, so that's going to be considered to be uh, uh, a kiyam, a fulfillment of asay doche losasay. Often when we have this conversation about of positive mitzvah that's going to push away a negative mitzvah, an example of which we'll give momentarily. So we assume that these two actions need to occur simultaneously. We assume that these two actions have to occur uh, really at the same time that's presented by Tosos in numerous places, by the Tosos Hishanim, some of the other Rishonim. And the Gemara later on on Daft Sadi even discusses a case of Shatnas and Sitzis where we have Tzemer Upishtim, we have wool and linen that come together, but we apply again this context, this concept of Asei Dochelos Asei, and, um, and this, this, this allows us to wear Tzitzis. Oftentimes, this allows us to, um, to, uh, to violate certain mitzvot lo saseh in order to fulfill a mitzvah saseh, which is actually exactly what's taking place over here. That the ha'ara is going to be done. That's going to be the fulfillment of the yibum. The ha'ara, again, this mitzvah of yibum that's going to be taking place is going to push away all other isurim in order for a person, in order for this, uh, this, uh, this, this woman to be in fulfillment of the, uh, the mitzvah of yibum. And, uh, what the Arachlaner points out over here is that the ha'ara begins the process of being together with this man. And therefore, since the process of Yibam begins at that point, even though it's not occurring simultaneously, there's no shikva zera, there's no uh, ability to even uh, become impregnated from this particular uh, 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 initial action. So nonetheless, we can still apply this concept of asay dochelos asay. And when reading these gemaras, it actually is a fascinating, uh, a, a fascinating idea that comes out of them that the way in which halacha presents us with all sorts of uh, illicit details and illicit relationships and all sorts of um, uh, presentations that uh, would seem at first glance as uh, as dirty, as disgusting, as impure. So we have to think about the beauty of learning Torah in a context of what we refer to generally as Lashon HaKodesh. The Rambam points out uh, that the Ramban and Parshas Kisisa actually uh, presents to us that the beauty of Lashon HaKodesh is that we can have these conversations and we can be in the middle of Meseches Yevamos, learning about some of the most uh, uh impure and some of the most inappropriate types of relationships, yet since we discuss these types of things in Lashon HaKodesh, it all has Kedusha to it. The Sephorno points out in the beginning of Sefer Barishis that Adam and Chava, that we know that the Torah describes that they were uh, naked, that they weren't clothed, and that they weren't embarrassed about the fact that they weren't clothed. And the Sephorno points out that when we think about the concept of Kedusha and when we think about what it means to be a, uh, a holy people who speak in holy ways, so we can have these conversations and they can be in the context of uh, Kedusha, of holiness, of beauty, to try to understand uh, what a Baruch Hu wants from us and how it is to have uh, relationships that are built on, uh, that are built on Kedusha. 
The concept of Lashon HaKodesh in and of itself uh, is something that's absolutely uh, incredible. And we know that when Chal Yisrael was in Mitzrayim, so the Midrashim described the fact that the reason that we were able to be taken out, the reason that we were able to be redeemed, was because Lo Shinu Es Lashonim, that we didn't change the way in which we spoke. And again, this all comes on the coattails of this conversation, uh, one of the most illicit conversations uh, in all of Shas that appears here in Mesechus Yavamos Andaf Hey, and the Maharal points out that what really distinguishes uh, a nation and a group of people is their ability to uh, to speak in a way that really identifies them as a people. And the Maharal tells us that we were a visiting nation in Mitzrayim, and we were able to have our own identity. We were able to have our own uh, sense of self in Mitzrayim because we spoke in Lashon HaKodesh. The way in which we spoke, and the language that we spoke, was something that was so elevated, that even when we're speaking about these concepts of Bia and Chibor, and relationships and Arayos, so we use words that are inherently Kadosh. We use words that are inherently Tahor inherently pure, and as a result, the conversations uh, about things that, uh, according to the rest of the world, wouldn't generally and necessarily be pure and beautiful, here in the context of halacha, they are necessarily beautiful. The Moor Vashemesh is a uh, Hasidic commentator uh, on the Chumash and points out something else when it comes to the concept of Lashon HaKodesh. And the Moor Vashemesh points out that in Mitzrayim, the Jewish people actually did speak to the Mitzrayim. And they actually did speak in the Mitzri language. They spoke Egyptian. But it wasn't, when we say Lashon HaKodesh, we're not speaking about the language itself, but we're speaking about the way in which people spoke. We're speaking about the dialect that people used. We're we're speaking about the ability to talk about things that are not necessarily uh, the most appropriate and to make them into items of Kedusha. And we as well have that same uh, mandate. And as we go through this Gemara and as we speak about uh, illicit relationships and illicit conversations, speaking about the uh, way in which a man and woman are together, speaking about the way in which, uh, God forbid, uh, all sorts of arayos and illicit relationships take place. So we have to realize that this is all uh, Lashon HaKodesh, that the words we use and the Chibor and Bia and Avarim uh, limbs that we refer to as we uh, as we go through many of these gemaras are all rooted in kedusha, are all rooted in uh, Shem's uh, desire for us to take the physical world and to really transform it into uh, items of kedusha, actions of kedusha, to ultimately become people. Of Kedusha. And as we go through and as we, some of these conversations that first glance wouldn't necessarily seem so holy in nature, when we think about them from the lens of, uh, uh, of a Kodesh, so they definitely, uh, really take on this, uh, this realm of holiness. And, um, is a perfect example of, uh, of where this comes to life. So we went through this entire daf, daf, nunhei with, uh, a complex amount of limudim, all sorts of gezir shavas and binyanayav and uh, contexts and ideas that uh, that relate to all sorts of isure arayos and illicit relationships. And uh, this is the crux in the middle of Meseches Yivamos. That is Meseches Yivamos, Daf Nunhei 55.